I didn't start becoming a content creator specifically to build a fan base or anything like that. It was mostly just enjoying what I was making and wanting to share it with people. The fact that people like it is a really cool thing, but it's not why I started creating in the first place. You're listening to a podcast by 2M Creative Labs. Creatives have so much to give. Listen to diverse and talented creatives as they recount their experiences in the industry and share their expertise, strategies, mindsets, and ideas. On this episode, we have Kate Allen, an author and illustrator better known as the latest Kate. We talk about her tips on improving the use of color and detail, her advice for using platforms such as Patreon and Redbubble, as well as creating work centered around mental health. Lots of insight in this episode about content creation and mental health. Hope you enjoy this one. Um, hey everybody, thanks again for tuning into another episode of the podcast. And today's episode we've got better known as the latest Kate. Maybe if we could have you introduce who you are and uh, what you do. Sure. Uh, my name is Kate Allen. I am an author and an illustrator. I draw very colorful, fun, cute animals that combat negativity and fear the uh, and the experiences that people going through depression and anxiety Um have to deal with and struggle through so that's awesome yeah we we connected through one of one of our friends who's a big fan of your work and just after a couple emails here we are and now we're chatting away and so I guess just to get started what drew you to your style and drawing these vibrant adorable animals honestly for me um I gain a lot of inspiration from artists such as Lisa Frank, like her art style was really popular in the 90s. And it's kind of doing a resurgence right now of like, hyper saturated rainbow colors. Uh, And mostly I was drawn to that because as a kid, uh, I was struggling and I found some escapism in bright, colorful worlds like uh, the Powerpuff Girls and Sailor Moon and then Lisa Frank, I would I would just like, I had a little journal that had her her dancing bunnies on it and I would just like (laughs) picture that I was one of these bunnies and I was like really little um, as a way to deal with um, like an abusive home life and that sort of thing. So my art style came about because when I was older, I was going through uh, difficulties in life and it was like an escape for me. If I was drawing hyper colorful things, it was... um, just exciting and and uh yeah uh, an escape overall i love the colors i also draw but not not anywhere near to your level (laughs) (laughs) i'm a content machine man i just i'm always (laughs) journeying i really enjoy it that's that's the thing is like i don't i never was really drawing because i wanted to get really good at it it was mostly just because the like act of drawing is really engaging for me uh and not frustrating I understand why other people don't get into drawing because the process can be frustrating but for me it's more just like a constant challenge and something that I can improve upon without being too stressed out about it so it's good for me that's interesting it's very rare to hear illustrators talk about loving the process of drawing versus the end product I find artists are very um and product driven (laughs) yeah I find that too like uh, a lot of the people who work professionally as illustrators are you know happy with what they end up making but the the process of it is a bit of a slog and um 
but they're they're I think it I think it makes sense you know if it's your career that mostly you're just trying to make something in the end that looks good I just feel lucky that I actually do enjoy the process of it that's wonderful to hear that I guess that's what keeps you able to put out so much on a pretty much regular basis right yeah I'm I have been posting uh, at least four times a month for about five years now. Um, and sometimes my output is higher and sometimes it's lesser if I get sick or something like that. But that's never felt um, stressful for me. But then I see other people like you always can compare yourself in a negative way. There are some comic artists that upload on the daily and I'm like, oh, man, no, <laughs> I could Whoa. not keep up with that production schedule. Not at all. Mm-hmm. No, definitely not. Yeah, that's no, nice to hear. It's very, it's very encouraging, at least even for me to think that, you know, there's not a pressure to always be making something like constantly and the the act of drawing, like, because for me, like, it's I don't draw that much, but the act of it isn't uh, overwhelming or stressful or feeling like you have to put out something constantly. I feel like my, I don't know. I feel weird calling them fans. <laughs> I don't know why. I I guess because I didn't I didn't start becoming a content creator specifically to build a fan base or anything like that. It was mostly just enjoying what I was making and wanting to share it with people. The fact that people like it is a really cool thing, but it's not why I started creating in the first place. Um, and so I think that that takes the what normally would be pressure on me away because mm-hmm. I don't feel like people are expecting that much of me other than now that I've set a precedent of how often I upload, I think they might be surprised if I didn't upload as often, but I don't think that people are going to like be upset with me about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone's so cool. Everyone's so kind. <laughs> I would definitely call your people fans just because I know a lot of artists that like your work. <laughs> Other, other than Ivana? <laughs> I don't know why. I have this weird idea uh, of, of a fan as like somebody who um, has some sort of dedication to the like a fandom or something like that. And I don't know if I've <laughs> if I fostered time anyway. I don't I don't I don't like I don't have a name for them. You know, there isn't that sort of um, precedent set. Uh, with the people who enjoy my artwork. So I appreciate it if they want to call themselves fans, but I feel weird referring to them in that way. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it really goes to show the, too, like the way that you kind of speak about them and that how your art is just meant to help and really bring a lot of positivity. I think of anybody who's going to enjoy my artwork is probably somebody going through something that's rough. Um they feel some sort of solidarity. They know there's someone else out there that's struggling with self-esteem or body image or severe anxiety, those sorts of things. So I think of them very much as individuals. And also when they like come and tell me their stories, it's very much like not so much about specifically being excited about my artwork, but more about sharing the fact that they are leaving an abusive relationship or, um, that they're struggling through a doctorate program or that they're a kid in elementary school that's bullied and things like that. So they, they definitely feel very much like all individual people that are able to find some sense of um, solidarity or community 
coming across these sorts of the captions that I write um, in trying to like cope through my own things, which I think is interesting because that just shows how much we have shared human experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, when I first started writing these things, it was arguing specifically against uh, the the things in my day that I was really struggling to get past in order to just like get through class or go to work. Um, and so I was making captions out of um, journal entries where I was like arguing against my own brain turning on me. And so I was really surprised when other people found those arguments to be as useful as they've turned out to be. Cause it's like, like I said, people talking about their being bullied or something and they'll find comfort in something that I've written when that was not what I was experiencing at the time that I was writing it other than maybe bullying myself now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I am grateful that people do find it as useful as it is because that adds so much more value to it for me that it is helpful for other people and not just me. That's wonderful. Do you have different uh, meanings for the different animals? Because there's several fo cats and uh, foxes or, yeah. They kind of seem to end up following a theme. Like, I wasn't uh, aiming for, like, specifically certain topics with certain animals, but I've noticed that when I have sorted them out into foxes or cats or dogs or those kinds of things, that they do sort of end up going into a theme. Um, uh, same with color themes. I'm surprised that, uh, like, over the course of years, that if I draw, uh, like, a cat or something like that, it's more likely to have a pink background, which, like, I don't know how that turns out. I think it's just, a, you know, one of those design preferences that, like, you don't notice until later on. But I have noticed, like, for example, with foxes. Foxes, I am always drawing foxes with captions about um, depression. I don't know why, but that animal seems to also resonate with people who are experiencing depression um, specifically. Uh, but yeah, it, it's never been intentional. It just kind of seems to end up having a pattern. Interesting. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Just because you're, you're more of a designer and maybe you notice things like how wow. it gets involved with colors or... No, not really. You know. I, I was going to ask you later actually about your tips and tricks about colors but um uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really enthusiastic about color <laughs> which is so rare honestly I feel like I might see or my brain might make positive brain chemicals associated with colors more so than it does for other people because like I'll be with my boyfriend who enjoys nature just as much as I do but I'll just be like sunset and he'll be like, yeah, it's nice. I'm like, but colors, though. Like, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> I don't know why you're so excited about this. It's nice. <laughs> interesting. That is very interesting. Because mm -hmm. everything you see on Instagram is very um, desaturated or minimalistic, so white and black and that kind of thing. So Yeah, it's really much, uh, I think that designs go through... Oh, what do you call it? Trends? I think yeah. there's a lot of different trends and minimalism can definitely be a trend that is very big. And I do find, like, uh, I did study design a bit in college, uh, that sometimes if I want to uh, really focus in on a specific message, I'll make it black and white, like as a comic, rather than adding in color. Because I think color is, like, 
a decision that you have to. Oh, absolutely. Uh, right. I don't want to detract from my message by adding in too much visual visual information. And so sometimes when I've been drawing comics lately, it's just black and white. So you're just looking at the the um, protagonist and then understanding the meaning of the words. And that's all you're going to take from it rather than being like, wow, that's green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Nice. Um, so your work is centered around mental health. At one point of your mental health journey, did you start to draw your illustrations? Oh, wow. I, that's a really good question because I feel like people think that the reason why I draw is because I'm a very positive person when it's the opposite. I create my artwork because there's a lot of things that my brain is not doing very well. Uh, so I started the latest Kate blog uh uh, in 2014 because I was going through like a serious suicidal breakdown. Um, I had been hospitalized. I was seeing a psychiatrist and, and I was put on like mood stabilizers. Like it was not, <laughs> it was not a good time. And so I, because I was in therapy and I was learning how I was supposed to be coping with these uh, different problems with anxiety, uh, I saw uh, another art another artist who was going through similar things named um, Ruby ETC, Ruby etc. She draws comics often about mental illness and dealing with mental illness and I thought she's compartmentalizing all of these problems in a way that I think would be really useful. Like I would read her comics and like see myself and I thought like I need to do this for my own problems. Like I need to unpack all of these uh, these thoughts that I'm having about that I am uh, struggling with uh, not feeling worthy enough uh, that I have squandered opportunities that like every bad thing that's happened to me is my own fault that I wanted to try and turn those sorts of thoughts into comics that like just could kind of at least to myself explain exactly what I was going through uh, so the latest Kate meant this is the version of me I am today <laughs> because I was going through these really uh, like mostly just downs actually I was gonna say I was like sometimes feeling good no I wasn't so it's like either okay or feeling awful and I wanted to like make something daily that would show what my life was that day and then through therapy going through treatments that was when I realized that arguing against the negativity was the thing that was going to help me the most and so I transitioned away from comics into uh, drawing things that were actually like encouraging myself rather than just being like, remember that time you felt really bad? Now you can look at it visually. It's like, no, remember the argument of uh, you don't have to feel this bad about yourself because you're actually all right. That sort of thing. I love that. Mm -hmm. I don't really have words for that, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anytime you talk about a story like or tell a story about uh that you were like having a really dark time or downtime in life it's always then you come back into to talking into the conversation and be like was that too much to share well i did it so <laughs> they asked and i answered it's fine it's fine <laughs> Totally. That wasn't too much information. <laughs> Not at all. No. I think it's good that people share stories. As mm -hmm. you said, it's relatable, right? 
I, I, I hope it's not relatable. I hope no one goes True. through it, but True. if they have gone through it, they don't have to feel like they're alone in it, which is the important thing. Yeah. I would like it if that wasn't a relatable story at all. (laughs) (laughs) So true. (laughs) Which I guess is with the latest, Kate, what I, what I like hope towards when I hear that people are sharing the things that I make with like their children, for example, that makes me feel really good because I like the idea of never, no kids having gone through the kinds of uh, difficulties that I went through. It would be cool if the world got a lot healthier overall. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool to be able to use your your art to bring bring attention and actually really help people in that way around mental health. That's super cool. Also super important. Mm-hmm. Um, so what got you to publish two books? Well, I was one of the lucky ones. Like I get asked often how publishing came about and I honestly was really lucky because I just had um an engaged like crowd of people commenting and liking my artwork I had a certain number of followers that were public on Instagram and Facebook uh and so my publisher actually just had one of the publishing assistants looking on Instagram for my kind of um work they were looking specifically for artists who are like uh, comic artists and cartoonists that were making artwork about mental health. Um, my publisher, Mangos, like is their entire, they're an indie publisher, but their entire uh, catalog is different mental health um, books, basically. And so cool. it was just kind of a, a luck thing, like the right mm-hmm. place at the right time sort of thing. I didn't look for an agent. I didn't come up with any sort of books ahead of time which is usually how it goes like usually someone will compile uh, either drawings or they will write up a book and then they need to find an agent that will then pitch to publishers for them Um, but I had the publisher come directly to me and it also was like a really good deal like I've learned a little bit about the publishing industry in this process and my publisher is giving me a larger cut of the net profits than other publishers generally give. So That's I feel really cool. lucky to, to have been like selected by them and also to be publishing things through Mango. I think that uh, it's like kind of those once in a lifetime opportunity sort of things. <laughs> and who knows what'll happen in the future. I don't know if I'm gonna have like a, a, a series of things with them or if uh, it's just a, there's another book coming called um, You're Strong, Smart and You Got This. And uh, that comes out, I believe, next month. Whoa, cool. Yeah, yay. (laughs) (laughs) And there's also a card deck that they are publishing called Therapists, which is super cute. That comes out August. I need to check on these dates. I really do. I need to email somebody. But in any case, (laughs) uh, so overall, I'll have those four things published through them. And it's been a really nice experience. And I feel really lucky that they reached out to me. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. How was the book? I guess like writing a book, was it fairly different from what you normally did? Or did you find that it was actually surprisingly streamlined? Or yeah, My first book uh, is called You Can Do All Things. Um, and it's a, a book that has essays of um, like mm, my experiences so that people who read it don't feel like they're totally 
just uh, alone going through anxiety, depression, feeling overwhelmed, those kinds of things. And then it also contains a hundred something of my encouraging illustrations. Um, and when I wrote the first one, it very much felt like, and compiled it because I organized it. Uh, it very much felt like that quote where they say like, you have 20 years to make your first album, but your second album, you only get like a year for it. It felt really smooth to make you can do all things because it had been me creating content for like, I think like three or four years up to that point. So I was able to organize it and, um, it was something that I always kind of had in the back of my mind of if I ever had a book published, here's how I'd structure it. Mm -hmm. And here's what I would want it to be, which is basically sorted into chapters of like, if you're feeling anxious, here's, uh, some information about when I felt anxious and how I got through it. And then if you're still feeling anxious, here's a bunch of encouraging animals that are also arguing against the things your anxiety is telling you. So it's sorted into those chapters and it, it just, honestly, it felt, it was difficult. Like I, I, I had written, you know, papers in college and that kind of thing, but I'd never sat down and actually just write out, wrote out my experiences. So it wasn't, um, I wouldn't say it was an easy process, but it wasn't harder than it needed to be, I guess. It, it was pretty smooth overall. Yeah, it was kind of in my head, I try to aim the things that I make it like my younger self. Like if I had seen this or if I had read this when I was 18 or, or 12 or eight years old, that, that could have prevented some mm, downward spiral that I would have had at that time, that I had at that time. Um, so when I was thinking about making you can do all things, that was the frame of mind that I had. If I had this pre-breakdown, it could have argued against some of those things that led to that breakdown. So mm -hmm. it's always kind of going in the back of my mind of the next project, the best way for it to be framed so that it would have been useful for me. I find that that's a very common like thing that people... Um, that are doing creative work with that purpose say is like, you know, what would have been some, what was missing that could have been really good at that time so that other people can, yeah. There's a, like a popular phrase that a lot of people in the mental health community are using of like, be the adult that you needed when you were younger. And I think that can even be like, be the adult that the adult you needed. <laughs> if uh, someone had sat me down and, and, and told me certain things when I was really struggling, it could have prevented me from going into more self-abusive behaviors and that kind of thing. So I try to be that person for myself as much as I can. I love it. Much of the stuff, much of the stuff for art has been neutral colors, minimal lines. Do you have any tips for people who are trying to improve their use of color and detail? Yes, please. <laughs> uh, I I strongly suggest um, picking some of like like one of your favorite colors uh, and making that like the, the the key focus in your your image, and then doing like a little bits of contrasting colors, uh, working that in there. But I also really enjoy um, certain palettes that that I think other people find fun like the the purple blue teal palette I feel like um it's easy to balance those out because they're cool toned and they're just uh you can have like equal amounts of those three colors together and it still looks pretty harmonious um 
I feel like overall my advice is just that kind of cliche advice of experimenting is the best way. <laughs> there are other artists that I really admire their use of color, such as uh, Loish. Uh, she like, every time I look at her drawings, I, I just feel like, how do you exist? It's like, you're just so good at this. It seems effortless, but I'm sure she works hard at it. <laughs> I'm sure that doesn't come from anywhere, but um, I feel like I've improved with color just by uh, uh, putting color palettes together and, and taking a break and then coming back and seeing whether I still like that palette, whether I feel like the colors in it are exciting or interesting or whether I've just gone a little too crazy because I'm definitely the type to put too many colors in and you have to dial it back a bit so that your eye isn't just bouncing all over the place <laughs> <laughs> but yeah experiment use the things that you like and there's nothing wrong with with minimalism or or uh, desaturated colors I think that those can be beautiful I don't think that everybody needs to be more colorful it's just my thing i really like it <laughs> oh, it'd be so interesting to see like the color palettes you make before taking a step back and looking like oh this is crazy yeah i <laughs> I, I if anyone's interested i could show you. they're not they're not nice looking <laughs> they're, they're a bit too a bit too much going on i would say like i often have to uh adjust my colors when i use like a full rainbow I often mm -hmm. have to go into color editing in Photoshop and, and reconfigure things a little bit to make them less just like, you know, an assault <laughs> on your eyes. <laughs> That's awesome. I've always had troubles with color things. It's just... I pick white and black and then that's about it. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I really enjoy, I honestly follow a lot of artists that are just white and black. I think that it has a, a really good use. Like it's things that are minimal can be nice. And honestly, like I'm not showing my place. It's just a screen back here. But even though I really enjoy making colorful things, my home environment is really like minimalistic in color it's all kind of just white black brown oh interesting oh no are you guys okay <laughs> sure hope so <laughs> it's not not a single podcast episode i've run without sirens in the background it's i think downtown life <laughs> i know that feel it's not my current life but i know that feel um do you have any advice for creatives when it comes to platforms like patreon or redbubble I know you've been using those. Yeah, I've been using both Patreon and Redbubble for a few years. I think that they're very, uh, what would you call it, like situation-based. Um, Patreon, for example, is really good for creatives who have a fan base that's really engaged. If your fan base feels like they connect to you on somewhat of a personal level, uh, they're more likely to want to have access to behind-the-scenes content and also just see their name in credits and things like that. I know like different creators that uh, are very successful in their careers, but might not be successful on that platform specifically. Um, but there's no, uh, you know, there's no drawbacks to signing up and just trying it out. That's what I always tell people who are interested in Patreon as a platform. Um, because it can just kind of be a background of support. It doesn't have to be like, uh, this is replacing any other way that you make money, you know, in your career. It can just be your fans that are excited about it, supporting it, and just being happy with whatever that is, if they're interested. Um, and Redbubble is a site that 
I personally have had a really good experience with, but not every artist is interested in being in those sorts of platforms where you're uploading artwork and then they're printing it and shipping it because your margins are so much lower than if you print and ship things yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But because I am currently focused on being like a content generator, um, running a shop at the same time or, or even like uh, funding the printing of a bunch of mugs, for example, that's a business model that I'm not interested in at the moment. I get asked often by people if I have an Etsy shop or something like that. And I just say not right now, mostly because uh, I like just constantly designing and writing rather than trying to um, make merchandise and, and have the, the space to, to store merchandise and then be selling it. To be fair though, I do on my Patreon offer um, things like uh, monthly um, postcard prints and coloring books and like behind the scenes kind of booklets. Uh, so I am sending out some physical things, um, but I feel like a, a printed goods that you can put in an envelope and, and send from the post office is a, a lot simpler than like boxing up a mug and storing mugs and things like that. So my advice yes. to people <laughs> interested, yeah, and in things like Redbubble and Society6 is it can suit you well if you're more focused and and can make enough money just continually creating work that then can be printed but if you're a person who has a lot of success with like one design or a few designs at a time then getting the merchandise um, printed yourself and shipping it yourself would probably make you quite a bit more money than uploading through a site like redbubble or society six makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah Oh man, just like the thought of shipping. Yep. (laughs) We always have these conversations when we have to think about if we ever print stuff. Yeah, i i've I've wanted I've wanted to like really go dig in and and design my own mugs and design my own pillows and things like that. Um, But it makes me wonder if it's better to go through something like Kickstarter, for example, just for that initial print run. It's also it's just an intimidating idea of like. Uh, just appealing to everybody hey i have a thousand of this thing like i hope a thousand of you want it and then i help send out a thousand (laughs) whatever it is um it's a i think it's a it's a really cool thing when people are able to do it successfully but it is intimidating to get into for sure so these questions come from people who follow 2m and especially ivana who is the one who put us in touch Hi again, Ivana. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what was it like for you to realize you have depression, that it wasn't normal to feel this way? Oh, my goodness. I, I feel like getting any sort of diagnosis is like a really helpful, wonderful thing because a diagnosis is one, realizing that like it's not normal so that you don't have to feel personally responsible for it and two a diagnosis gives you a roadmap of of healing and recovery and so finding out that what I had all of these terrible feelings and uh, like lethargy and uh, sometimes like not being able to feel anything at all and other times feeling way too much and it was all negative that those things were there was a name for it and there was treatment for it. It was like one of the most helpful 
things that I've had happen to me is realizing that these are illnesses that they have names and that it's not me and it wasn't my fault that all of uh, these negative things were going on in my head. Uh, what mindset or perspective was the most difficult for you to unlearn in your healing process and uh, how did you overcome it or are overcoming it? Ooh, that is such a good question. She came up with some really good questions. She did. <laughs> this girl knows me, man. <laughs> she knows I've been through. <laughs> um, I think the the most harmful thing that I would say that I was like perpetually dealing with was uh, just this consistent feeling of that. I didn't deserve health and I didn't deserve a better life, that it didn't matter like how much I tried to get healthier, that overall it was a, a useless endeavor because I didn't deserve to be happy. Um, and I do think that's a thing that a lot of people go through and it's something that I still have to argue against. Like, no, it's good that you work out today. It's good that you're work like keeping up with relationships. It's good that you are continuing to draw and post, even though posting can be a stressful thing. Um, because it, you should aim for happiness and the idea of whether or not you're worthy of it is not a useful uh, mental path to go down because it's just like you have one life to live and we're going to make the most out of it. That's kind of how I argue against it is this sort of like um, carpe diem, sort of just take advantage of the time that you have and don't uh, obsess over whether or not you deserve it. That's wonderful. Yeah, I totally agree that it's probably something that a lot of people deal with for sure. Right. And, I yeah. hear it, I hear it often from other creators, especially creators who have really taken off um, like financially successfully having big fandoms and just being like, what did I do to deserve this? And it's like, you don't have to deserve it. You should just enjoy it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> that's a great thought. That's a, yeah, I mean, that's true, right? Um, it's there. It's there. And you may not think that you've deserved it but you get a chance to enjoy it if you choose to i suppose exactly if you don't take the chance uh you know things do end not to like put a negative note on it or anything but you should i think it's the healthiest thing to do to try and enjoy things while you have them while they're cool mm -hmm. that's awesome what was the one thing that kept you going in your darkest times Oh, man. When I think about, like, the really dark times, like, being in the hospital, right? Like, they, 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 in the American healthcare system, they treat mental patients as criminals often. Like, they take away everything that you have, and they, like, put you in, like, a, a cape thing, and they, like, lock you in a room, like, a cold room for, like, hours. It's not, it's not a good thing, so you're by yourself, and they have to, like, pat you down for weapons and things like that, and people are not nice. So, so thinking back to that time, right, like, being in the hospital in, like, a practically what was, like, a jail cell, because it was, like, cell blocks, um, concrete, and it was cold, I felt at that moment <laughs> like it's kind of funny sometimes you have to 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 take things that are like not necessarily like healthy things in order to get you through I felt like 
everybody in my life who thinks that I am weak and not good enough, like would would feel pretty vindicated if I did actually kill myself. And I'm not gonna let that happen. <laughs> you have to take you have to take your motivations where you find them. And I found like healthier, better coping thoughts since then but honestly at that moment it was like pure spite <laughs> like I'm not I'm not gonna let this defeat me because they would be like oh yeah of course of course Kate couldn't handle it and it's just like no I'm not I'm not giving them any fuel I'm not feeling that fire at all <laughs> I don't I don't know how like you know great of a response that is but it's the truth once again that's that's the honest truth of how it went down i hope that's okay ivana <laughs> if, this is, if this is breaking your impression of me then i i suppose that's a good thing truth is good truth is good yes. yeah 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 totally truth is totally good and i think yeah it's that's a very good point that you make i think is where your motivations are um you could totally use that then and then as you said, you were able to find healthier ones. Um, exactly. That's like when in the actual treatment that I received after being hospitalized, it was a lot more about uh, like personal happiness, personal health, personal growth, and not trying to make your decisions based on what other people are doing, but more based on like your values, what you care about and what like you hope the future could be. Um, and so I, I've turned a lot of my motivations more in that way. Like if we're feeling really depressed today, it's time to try and be more kind and self-compassionate and be curious about what you're going through rather than shaming yourself for not handling everything uh, the way that you think you should, for example. So I've, I've turned to much healthier motivations since then. I like that. We've saved it. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what one thing would you tell your past self if you could go back in time? Oh, there's so many things. Maybe, maybe you make a, if you want, you can go for a list. And that might be. Oh, man. Mm. Oh, one of the big ones is like just the sort of rule of thumb of if you're in a relationship where you feel uh, unhappy more than 30% of the time that relationship can be retired and it's okay like you don't have to to push yourself for someone else uh you can just live for your own health basically I thought that that was um for a long time like I, I went through from abusive relationship to abusive relationship because I thought it was my job to like help people out of their situations and out of their problems when in actuality I was mostly just sacrificing myself for someone else's like illness tendencies <laughs> so that's a big one and that hasn't come up in my artwork all of like a little bit here and there um and it is something that I wrote a bit about in this book coming out that um strong smart and you got this that uh my struggle with relationships a lot of i think my mental illness uh, bad habits came from the way that i looked at relationships and my responsibilities in relationships and how that wasn't like the healthiest way to be uh so i like that sort of metric of like it should be good at least like 70 percent of the time like you should feel safe you should feel welcome you shouldn't be walking on eggshells those sorts of things and that like there are so many people on the planet. Like this one relationship doesn't have to be the end all be all. There's so many other cool people out there for you to be around. And it's not even in like a romantic context, but just 
um, you know, there are seven, what, seven, eight billion of us out here. Like there are so many other, uh, other good people you could be spending your time and effort on and not specifically people that are making your life hard. <laughs> so that's a big one. That's the one that's on, on my mind often, but I just don't really know how to approach making that much content about it because um, it's a heavy subject. It's a heavy topic. And uh, I guess I often cover heavy topics, but this one is a bit more difficult to like pin down the arguments for, I guess. That's true. I'm just trying to think of written captions for that kind of thing. And that would be very difficult. Yeah. I often turn to ideas of like self-care, working towards healthier self-esteem. Those in the end would help you out of that kind of situation, but it's not directly related to abuse or things like that. Right. I think writing is very difficult in general, but. It is. <laughs> yeah. I guess the theory just kind of being like getting yourself to a healthier place will then have ripple effects throughout everything else, which I, I do think is the case. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Now you got me thinking about captions as well for that and coming yeah. up with arguments and yo, it's hard. It is. It's <laughs> difficult. I have one that's like, it's better to go it alone than be abused. And that's um, one that I've had to turn to because the, I think a lot of people in abusive relationships have a, a really strong fear of being alone and that they're not strong enough to be in life alone or that loneliness is way worse than anything else and it's just not true like i had to learn you can handle being alone being alone is not the worst thing in the world because then you get to make all the decisions so you get to do all of the things that you like <laughs> and not be compromising for other people being in relationships is wonderful but there's a reason why some people like to be single and it's because you get to have say over everything um and there's never any compromises so i think like uh, maybe captions about embracing that but at the same time my audience has grown such that a lot of people have children for example so I can't just be like just yourself take care of yourself everyone else sucks like that's not gonna <laughs> 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 that's not gonna be very helpful <laughs> just abandon your children <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was a terrible joke <laughs> I'd be like to me internally, I'm like, yes, <laughs> but your brain might not fly. Yeah, please, please don't, please don't sound bite that, take that out of context, everyone. I really don't need that in my life right now. <laughs> no, it's totally up my alley for, to say something like that. <laughs> no, but it's true. I think, I think um, it is probably very difficult to be alone. Um, right. And, and I mean, yeah, I've, I've I've been fortunate been enough myself not to have to think about that, right? Um, but I can see why that it um, like an abusive relationship is much more comforting than the thought of right. being alone. Exactly. If your main fear, and that's the unfortunate thing about abusive relationships, right? Is that the person picks up on that. They pick up on what your major fear is, and they exploit it to keep you under their thumb. So. Uh, it really took for me to, to remove myself from a couple of different abusive relationships that I'm in to basically come to the point of, I don't care if it's bad. I would rather deal with something else than this, basically. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, it shouldn't have to come to that point, I believe. I think that 
it should be um there should be more knowledge about how to cope through uh, uh, really stressful situations like that. Of course, it gets complicated. Um, it's not like you can just tell somebody who's financially dependent on someone else, like just leave, huh? Um, but I do think that it's, it's something that I haven't seen much content made about. I haven't seen a lot of people talk about it and it is something that I think would be helpful to have uh, more discussions and more content about and have it be and not just this, uh, I don't know, sort of like support group, unhappy, struggling manner, but in a way of like how to recover from it, how to mm -hmm. like tools to have tools that you can develop on your own to um, make the make the changes once you're ready to make them less painful and stressful. So one of them, like I said, I, I, I try to argue against the idea of um, that being alone is the worst thing in the world because it's not mm -hmm. it's pretty cool sometimes. Yeah. So. It can be really I cool. have that in my mind of making more things about that, about those life experiences. I'm just not quite sure what the format is quite yet. That's really cool to hear, though, that, you know, you are using your creative to to be like purposeful towards this. And it's a solution that mm -hmm. I love that. I guess there's just a couple more questions. Uh, what makes you unique? Ooh, oh, ooh. Um. <laughs> 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 I guess I would mostly say that I, th I think I am unique because I am willing to talk about a lot of the dark stuff and that I don't, I don't want to talk about it in the context of being a victim of it. I want to talk about it in the context of if someone else is going through it, I can show them what I did and not in a way of like, you know, you have to do what I do or what I do absolutely is going to work because I don't know, but just so that they don't have to feel alone and that they also may pick up a couple of tips that, or even just like jog their mind for something that would help uh, just the concept of someone getting out of a negative situation being possible can help you think of ways that you could get out of yours, even if it's a different kind of thing. So um, I think what makes me unique is that I am wanting to approach difficult topics and subjects in order to help other people that were going through things like me get out of it. That was well put. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything you would like to say to the creatives out there or any of the audience that's listening? with regards so to I just want to encourage everyone to keep making things I think that the world can never have too much content I think that everyone has a unique uh, story everyone has unique experiences to talk about and like their own take on things and their own preferences even I think that the world would be a better place if everyone was making art and not specifically like cartoons like I do but um, just what like you know, design, drawing, music, everything. I think that everyone has something to share. And I would love if everybody was just making and posting things constantly, no matter like what skill level they were at. I just think that would be a better world. Make stuff. <laughs> Show me your stuff. I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. There's something therapeutic about art, I would say. Definitely. And that's one of the reasons why I got so heavily into drawing is because it was a therapeutic source for me. Obviously, you have to be in the right frame of mind for it. You have to like let yourself be bad at a thing before you ever get good at it, which I know is hard for a lot of people. But um, I think it's a worthy endeavor. I think that overall, it really pays off when you can 
start to make things that you find cool. I think that's one of like the coolest feelings in the world. It's it's like it gets so fun, I think, when when you get past that point of sucking for a while. <laughs> and then it your abilities yet, but once you reach that point, it's really satisfying. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, you have any more questions for you? No. Awesome. And I guess just for the last thing, where could we find and support your work, Kate? Oh, heck yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am known as the latest Kate all over on the internet. Uh, uh, I am on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr regularly. I'm also on the website Patreon and Redbubble, and I am the latest Kate on all of those platforms. So please come take a look and say hi. I'd love to have you. And, she's and where got... can they get your books? Mm -hmm. Oh, books, dude. Uh, <laughs> my books can uh, most reliably be found on Amazon. Uh, I have a link to that on all my social media profiles, but it's under the name of Kate Allen. Uh, Kate, K-A-T-E, Allen, A-L-L-A-N. And the books that I currently have out are You Can Do All Things and a prompt journal called It's Your Weirdness That Makes You Wonderful. And I have another book in a card deck coming out. So if you like those, you're going to like the other ones too. Awesome. Thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thank you again to Ivana. You're wonderful. I hope your whole life is just awesome from this point on. Thanks again for listening to the episode. Consider giving us a rating on iTunes, subscribing, or following the podcast. If you found this valuable to your creative pursuits, share this episode with your friends because word of mouth always helps. Be sure to check out Kate's work on her platforms and let her know you listened to the episode and we will see you in the next one.